0: I'm Melissa with Synchrosoma, and I have developed a system and training program in archetypal somatics, somatic shadow integration practices, and deep study to come to your biggest identity, witness consciousness, and develop real hands-on practical ways to go deep into your material and become empowered to do whatever you want in this world and to take right action in your life join me for one-on-one coaching courses and even training to become an archetypal somatics coach get in touch if you want to have a free 20-minute consultation and to get started with one-on-one coaching and to learn about courses you can start right away. Hi, I'm Melissa, and you are listening to the Synchrosoma Podcast. Learn about archetypal somatics, a new modality for working deeply with symbol, and soul through SOMA. You can find a lot of info about courses and coaching with me in the show notes of each episode. Find me at synchrosoma at gmail.com and at synchrosoma.com. Now let's dive in. This is going to be a hard sell, I think, because we as a collective have pretty much agreed to a certain way of working with our uh, challenges and difficulties in terms of illness, medicine, health, um, and physical stuff. So I've done several episodes about illness and pain, and I highly recommend going back through the archives and and just if, if you're going through anything chronic, if you are, whether it's addiction or uh, some kind of illness or mental health issue, you know, there's a lot here that kind of points to our own colluding with the chronic stuff. And obviously, if you want to get help with coming out of those stuck places and patterns, get in touch with me for one-on-one coaching. And I have several courses that are all aimed at us busting the shadow that keeps us stuck. So uh, check out Shadow Stalking 101. That's in the show notes. And Freeing the Sacred Self is the two-part personal archetype journey that we can take, you can do it solo. Um, but okay. So for today's content on this idea of this hard sell that I'm wanting to make for us, I, I'm a person who has gone through a lot of symptoms. I had a lot of trauma in my childhood and I also have expressed that somatically, you know, um, we could call it psychosomatic. I don't know if that's still like okay to say that. But in my experience, all illness is has a psychological part to it. That's why some people express illnesses that are genetic and some people don't. You know, the, the two people with the same setup, why does one person get sick and the other one doesn't? Well, a lot of it has to do with what's going on in our karma and our unconscious, uh, what, who knows, all the limiting beliefs, you know, all of the stuff, all the things you can think of. Now, this is very different than the idea that you created your illness and you're to blame for it. That's just like an outdated new age idea that's totally useless. I I like the hero's journey as the main framework for incarnation. I use it in all my courses and talk about it. I, it's sort of the framework for my newsletter is um, attending to hero's journey uh, themes. So if you if you can also grab my newsletter, my last newsletter from Substack, it's it's in the show notes. So the thing that I want to focus on for these few minutes is this idea of re- reclaiming reclaiming authority over our own body and potential, wellness, whatever it is, wellness, whatever challenges we're facing, reclaiming them, not only from the standpoint of this is my uh, challenge and this is my issue to to decode. This is a lot of the work we do together when we're doing archetypal somatics, Uh, we learn somatic recapitulation, which is a a process that is using somatics, but it's a really an ancient idea. Um, It's talked about a lot in the Toltec tradition, recapitulation, meaning where we um, get the energy back from where it is lodged in maybe the past or in even the lineage. The cool thing about doing psycho-spiritual work, archetypal somatics, things that attend to the symbolic and the somatic is that we don't have to be stuck in our own life or our own space-time thing. We can actually attend to global, collective, lineage, all kinds of groupings of bigger energies. This is why I talk about you know, getting out of the activism business and or the reactivism in a lot of cases and get into the right action business. You know, if you have done the inner work, if you have attended to the symbolic, the path becomes very obvious about what steps to take. And if we come out of, of being of lacking authority over our own physical form. I, and and I just, I have to stress this and I want to stress this over and over. If you are a person who has extreme stuff going on in your either mental health, physical health, whatever, that doesn't make this harder for you to get to grok and to grow from. it. In a lot of people... I I notice the most suffering in people that have the most ease, comfort, privilege, uh money. Uh they, I the psychological suffering from not having to say for example go to work, I have seen pretty extreme and often um you'll see somebody that has a kind of not, there's nothing kind of pushing them along like, oh, I have to uh, pay the bills or something. And there tends to be a lack of motivation for some people, not for everybody. There's plenty of people out there that whether they have money or not does not motivate their work in the world or they're contributing to the world. There's plenty of people who their illness does not either hinder or do anything to their art or their work. They just do it. There's a great, um, story. I didn't even know this. I, I, I follow art. I'm very into art. I, I, um, my first like real job was working in an art and architecture bookstore in Los Angeles. Um, at 18, I talked my way into that job, uh, having not really had any retail experience and, Because I just could not wait to be around those books. And boy, did I get a great education. And I bought a lot of books. I, I, you know, as an 18-year-old, I had the most amazing art book library. But anyway, um, there's this artist that I didn't know about that had an interesting condition. And you might have heard of him, Chuck Close. (laughs) He... He couldn't see faces. He couldn't like, he couldn't see, like he had the thing, the thing that I think Oliver Sacks had, the the lack of, of facial recognition. It's a very interesting uh, neurological issue, but he created the most photorealistic art and definitely go check out Chuck Close, but, and I think there's some great documentaries out there. He did end up in a wheelchair, I'm pretty sure, um, but he couldn't, maybe he had a stroke. I can't, I can't totally remember. I probably, if I had known I was going to use this example, I would have (laughs) studied, um, he would do this grid system to make, to blow up and make Giant a face. And then each of the squares in the grid, like a regular grid pattern, um, he would do different kind of patterns. Like it could be colored circles in succession. um, Like the way you see a ripple in a pond, something like that. And, and so from close up, you would just see close. You would just see these grid and circle. If you got to the other side of the gallery museum gallery, you know, you would see the most photorealistic portrait of whoever he was, attending to drawing and there's drawings, there's paintings, there's, um, I'm, you know, after I'm finished recording this, I'm going to go look up more, but just astounding that his exact and his naming is so perfect. His naming, um, just, you know, just a beautiful personal myth, and how he and I can't even remember why I brought up Chuck close other than to to talk about maybe the sublimation of our personal myth into our purpose. And I it, maybe that's what we can take from that anyway at this point that that when we approach our issue and claim it or reclaim it through attending to whatever is got us stuck, then that very thing that we thought was the thing to get away from, to move on from, to, to uh, fix becomes the exact medicine and magic for our growth and greatness and star and genius I mean it's like the exact thing the exact thing that you have been spending your life trying to solve now this is true with illness or whatever and in particular reclaiming body from other authorities I is kind of what I wanted to focus on is really important because because we and this is why I'm saying it's a hard sell because we have given up so much of our own instinct. To these, like, I mean, ev- the contradictions just in diet are unbelievable. You know, it's like a multi dimensional contradiction coming out of everybody. If you tap into your truth and responsibility with, say, what you eat or how you exercise or if you're getting sleep or if you're getting enough sunlight or, you know, you will notice that you have a lot more data and information about about self-care and what is, you know, and the same thing with pickings. Let's just say you have like a very intense illness and there's something that you need a lot of doctors for. Even in that dynamic, what we want is to be able to have our own sense, feeling, our own instinct, intuition for what the doctor is saying, because the truth is that Western medicine is, has a lot to do with, I got to be careful about what I say here, it has a lot to do with finding out what your symptoms are and prescribing a medication for it. Doctors tell you this, you you listen to these doctors on their podcast and they'll tell you they said nothing about diet when they were in medical school. They said nothing about it. They taught you how to how to treat with medication and there's a lot of money in it. So that's why at least in the United States, you know, doctors are are really um, can be crazy wealthy when really it's just another job. There's a great movie. I can't remember the name of it either. Uh, Michael Moore's movie on, on, uh, uh, health on the healthcare system. Um, but go watch that documentary too, to learn about healthcare. But anyway, that's a little bit of a, di- a digression just to say that, Reclaiming your authority over your body can be aided and helped by believing your instincts and what you are sensing. Now, go listen to the intuition episode because that doesn't work if you're paranoid. (laughs) It doesn't work if you see danger everywhere. It doesn't work if you're used to tripping in the future. It doesn't work if you're... If you're confusing intuition for future tripping, you've got to get good at real intuition. So listen to the intuition episode and get a coach. I mean, you can get a lot of headway in gaining authority, um, back from just learning how to do it. Now, finally, there's a whole other section of this content that, um, I'm not going to get too into right now, but there's also the the group of us who have learned to give over our authority of our to our body because of illness or abuse, where it seemed like somebody else had, or par- or just our parents, you know, or just teachers, people who f- who seemed to have authority to uh, manipulate our physical form. Um, And I would even extend that to being told by a bell which room to go to for eight hours a day for most of your life. That's a sense of I've got an authority telling me what to do. So there's kind of a little more subtle and hidden and abuse related and all kinds of other aspects to this body reclaiming thing. And again, um, I highly recommend getting a coach to help you. To work with that, and, and um, this will transform your experience of your body, but also your experience of symptoms and illness. Thank you for listening to the Synchrosoma Podcast. I'm Melissa Meter, and you can find me here each week with another journey into the known, the unknown, and the worlds in between. If you'd like to get in touch and find out more about what I do, coaching and courses, contact me at synchrosoma at gmail.com. And you can find me on Instagram at synchrosoma. See you next time. Organically Grown on Podcast Farm.